The Athletic. Good morning, welcome to the Daily Transfer Briefing from The Athletic. It's Thursday the 1st of February, I'm Tim Spears and on today's show... Liverpool run riot at Anfield. And Diaz! Beyond any reasonable doubt now. There was a golfing class and a golfing attitude between these teams. Spurs into the top four after a feisty win over Brentford. You know, if they're that brave about things, my players and their players get into a UFC cage and I'll see how brave they are. And Rashford returns for United. And they just can't afford to not have Marcus Rashford at the moment, despite his form being not great. You're listening to The Daily Transfer Briefing with Tim Spears. This transfer deadline day with, uh, yeah, not much going on. There are some deals brewing, though. More on those shortly. But first, let's round up last night's Premier League action, starting with Liverpool, who maintained their five-point lead at the top of the table with a 4-1 win over Chelsea. Oh, lovely. The super goal set up by the young fullback and nodded in with a touch of nonchalance. Here's our Liverpool writer James Pearce at Anfield to sum it up for us. Well, Liverpool hadn't beaten Chelsea in the Premier League since September 2020, but they put that right in emphatic fashion as they restored their five-point lead at the top of the Premier League table. It's a night that young Connor Bradley certainly won't ever forget. It's hard to believe watching on that that was just his second Premier League start. So accomplished, so composed, so much quality, two assists and also... That unforgettable moment in the first half when he latched on to Diaz's pass, ran through and rifled home an unstoppable finish to spark wild scenes around this ground. Here though is Connor Bradley. What a moment for the youngster. Bradley's name chanted by the cop. There was a standing ovation when he went off in the second half. He deservedly walked away with the man of the match spoils. But there were lots of contenders tonight. There was a golfing class and a golfing attitude between these teams. Liverpool could even afford for Darwin Nunes to miss a penalty. It wasn't the Uruguayans' night in front of goal, but Liverpool didn't need him to be clinical because they had so much firepower from elsewhere. So Bosley heading in the third and then Diaz getting the fourth late on. And uh, yeah, this was another important step towards what Liverpool hope will be the dream finale to Klopp's reign. They might have scored eight had Darwin Nunes not hit the woodwork four times though, eh James? Yeah, it was a it was a real classic Darwin Nunes performance really in terms of so much to admire about certain elements of his game yet other moments when he leaves you kind of scratching your head and, and looking for answers and certainly he'll be absolutely baffled as to how he didn't add to his 11 goals in all competitions so far this season. He became the first player since records began to hit the woodwork four times in a single Premier League game. Darwin Nunez, oh, upright and away. But there's a good reason why Liverpool fans here at matches stay absolutely right behind him and still chant his name repeatedly. And that's because he never hides. He always demands the ball. He's always looking to make something happen. And that was epitomised by how he set up the fourth goal for Diaz. You know, far too strong for Thiago Silva. And then the vision and execution of the cross, absolutely perfect for the Colombians. So, so yes, Nunes will, will know that he really should have made a difference in terms of the scoreline tonight. But... What Klopp will care about more than that is he, once again, he was an absolute nuisance and he does create chaos. Manchester City are back up to second after a 3-1 win over Burnley. Not their usual thrashing of the Clarets. Perhaps they went easy on their former legendary defender, Vincent Kompany. Julian Alvarez scored twice and Rodri netted the other in a game also notable for Erling Haaland's return from injury after eight weeks out. 
The other game of the night was one of the more entertaining and beefy you'll see this season. Spurs beat Brentford 3-2 in a game which ebbed and flowed and was filled with, well, housery. Started by Rapscallion Neil Morpay, who mimicked James Madison's dart celebration when he gave Brentford an early lead. That definitely riled Spurs. Brennan Johnson and Richarlison both repeated the celebration to take the mick out of Morpay as Spurs blitzed three quick second-half goals. Richarlison! In a breathtaking seven-minute spell. Destiny Adoggi also scored, which didn't quite make up for him giving the ball away for both of Brentford's goals, the second scored by Ivan Tony. Brentford couldn't find a late equaliser, which means they stay 15th, four points above the drop, while Spurs are back up to fourth. We enjoyed the beef, but Ange Postacoglu definitely didn't. You know, if they're that brave about things, my players and their players get into a UFC cage and I'll see how brave they are, you know. So we're out there to we're out there to play football and that's what I want our guys to do. Focus on playing football and they shouldn't get motivated by things that aren't really that important to us. And um, like I said we got sucked in, in the first half. The second half was much better. And our Tottenham writer Charlie Eccleshare was ringside for this one. A really good atmosphere at the stadium tonight. I think it helps. Bit of needle. Uh, Neil Mope certainly wound a few people up and there was a feeling in the first half that Brentford were wasting time, giving away niggly fouls, sort of playing the game on their terms. So then there was this huge release at the start of the second half. And the big change Andrew was able to make at halftime was bringing on Brennan Johnson, being able to bring on a... £47.5 million pound winger is a big help. And this was something Postacoglu spoke about last week, was that with players coming back from injury, he now has kind of more depth, more options to bring on off the bench. And that made a really big difference. Uh, so, yeah, it was, it was really electric. And then obviously really uh, angsty at the end when Brentford had got the goal back and were piling on the pressure. I mean, a test of Spurs' character and they, they just about held on. That win is the first time Spurs have come from behind at half-time since November 2022, believe it or not. Now, Charlie wasn't the only one there keeping an eye on things. England manager Gareth Southgate was in attendance for James Madison's first start since November, although Madison probably wasn't the only player he had eyes on, as Charlie reports on the England prospects on show. James Madison was was huge, you know, and he did some... Some good things. He set the tempo in the first half early on before Brentford went ahead and then things got a bit more difficult. Uh, some really nice passes. And yeah, I think for sure, Gareth Southgate, who was there watching, would have been impressed and Madison should only get better as he returns to full fitness and he's definitely not there yet. And Ivan Tony, yeah, I mean, given how long he was out for and how early he is into his comeback, really impressive performance from him. Took his goal really well just offers so much he's such an outlet for Brentford he was a real threat maybe tired a little bit towards the end as did Madison uh, who went off with cramp Postacoglu said that's what it was it was just cramp but yeah I think a big boost for England to have both of those players back also last night, Barcelona won a football game. Brazilian teenager Vitor Roque scored his first goal for the club since signing the other week. But it's not a Barca match without any new worries and this week it came in the form of injuries for Joao Felix and Ferran Torres. Atletico Madrid continued to match Barca's points tally with a 2-1 win over Real Vallecano. In the women's game, the Champions League group stage has concluded. Leon and Barcelona both drew their matches, which is a surprise, but doesn't affect them going through. Progressing through to the knockout stages with them were Bran and Benfica, and the draw for the quarterfinals takes place on February the 6th. Finally, in the Asian Cup, Japan and Iran are through to the quarterfinals and will face each other in the last day in two days' time. 
Now, keep your eye on The Athletic and David Ornstein's social media for any transfer deals today. Late last night, Mr Ornstein revealed Fulham have made a bid to sign former West Ham striker Sebastian Haller from Borussia Dortmund on loan. Talking of leaving Dortmund on loan, yesterday Gio Reyna moved to Nottingham Forest, while Juventus signed Southampton's Carlos Alcaraz on loan with an option to buy of around £40 million, and Wolves added another Lamina to their ranks. Mario's younger brother Noha joining, you guessed it, on loan from PSG. He won't be playing at Molyneux tonight, but someone who probably will is Marcus Rashford. He has taken responsibility, and for the rest it's internal matter. Case closed. Yes, Rashford looks set to return to the Manchester United squad for tonight's trip to face Wolves. Rashford was left out of United's unconvincing FA Cup victory at Newport on Sunday, having previously called in sick for training following a big night out in Belfast. We've all been there, right? Anyway, it seems him and Eric Ten Hag have kissed and made up. So here's United writer Dan Sheldon for more. What's Ten Hag got to say, Dan? Well, truth be told, Tim, not an awful lot. He almost repeated the statement that Manchester United released on Monday verbatim saying, you know, internal matter, he's taken responsibility. And as far as he sees it, it it's case closed. Was asked in the embargoed section, you know, has Marcus apologised? Wouldn't say yes or no, just said, referred to the statement, internal matter. Interestingly, you know, was then kind of probed more generally speaking. You know, is it your responsibility to, to kind of tell players how they should and shouldn't behave? And he was like, absolutely not. That's not my responsibility. These are professional players. They should know the difference between right and wrong. At the end of the day, they're at Manchester United and all they should be worried about is winning football matches. The best players in the world, they know how to be the best professionals. So that's about as kind of close as he got to sort of saying that Rashford needs to wisen up a little bit. But again, he was speaking generally because it was a general question. I mean, this isn't Rashford's first transgression that we're sort of aware of. In fact, wasn't wasn't the one last season before last season's game at Wolves as well, coincidentally? It, it was, yes. Marcus uh, Rashford overslept ahead of a team meeting and turned up late and then was subsequently dropped, but then did come on and score the winner and came out and spoke to the media afterwards and said he deserved to be dropped. And I think the goal and the three points, you, you kind of forget the fact he's turned up late, right? And that was at the time when all of the players seemed to love the discipline that, that the manager was instilling, whereas now, which you always get to that cycle in a, in a manager's tenure where the things they love in year one, perhaps they don't love in year two. You know, I think we're kind of seeing that now. Must be the nerves of going to Molyneux, Dan. We know it's a tough place to go. I mean, is, is he is he sort of edging towards last chance now? Or is it one of those, like with Sancho, where it's will Rashford out, outlast Ten Hag and vice versa? I, I think fundamentally, you know, he's just signed a, a huge new contract. So I, I just don't think you can look at it as if he's on, on last chance saloon. The comparison between Jaden and Marcus was actually brought up at the press conference at Carrington um, on, on Wednesday. And Eric said, you know, the difference between the two, because, you know, people are saying, well, why was Jaden exiled, made to train on his own, had to pick his lunch up in a box and go out to his car? Whereas Marcus lied to the club about his whereabouts, you know, phoned in sick to training. Then a meeting on Monday morning with Eric Ten Hag, Dwayne Maynard, who was Marcus's brother and, and agent, and John Murta, the club's football director. You know, they had that meeting at Carrington, a statement's released, and that's that. Nothing else is said. So fans are looking and thinking, well, why? What's the difference here? Eric was, was quite clear in that, the, the key difference was that it was handled internally, saying Jaden chose to go public with his issue, whereas Marcus didn't. But, you know, without kind of getting into the minutiae, Jaden could probably argue, well, Eric went public with him by questioning his performances in training. So, yeah, you know, his importance to the club, anti Martial's out for, for 10 weeks. You know, they just can't afford to not have Marcus Rashford at the moment, despite his form being not great. 
Cheers, Dan. And you can watch United's trip to Wolves at 8.15pm tonight on TNT or 3.15 Eastern in the States on USA Network. Also tonight in the Premier League, West Ham host Bournemouth. It's also on TNT at 7.30pm or Peacock in the US. There's La Liga action at 8 with Real Madrid travelling to Hatafe. And if you're desperate for a Lionel Messi fix, you can watch his Inter-Miami side take on Al Nasser, minus the injured Cristiano Ronaldo, so no last dance. That's in a friendly on Apple TV at 6. Oh, well, there's no AFCON or Asian Cup. They both return on Friday with some quarterfinals. Right, that's all for today's Daily Transfer Briefing. I've been Tim Spears, your producers were Mike Zimmerman and Abby Patterson. And talking to Abby Patterson, she'll be with you tomorrow for a Deadline Day special. Until then, have a lovely day. The Athletic.